one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God takes the initiative. God comes to us to fix us up. The Christmas story was in that second reading that Christine read for us. You see it all over Christmas cards. You see it in nativity scenes. We sing songs about it. The first reading we had that Michael brought us from Genesis is not very Christmassy. You do not see it. I've never had a Christmas card with the serpent on it and the Adam and Eve and the deception. But if you don't understand the first reading, you will never make sense of those Christmas cards that include the second reading. The first reading begins with nakedness. The man and the woman, Adam and Eve, in this perfect garden paradise, and Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. God's creation was very good. The man and the woman were there together in perfection. They were reflecting the very image of the good God that made them. They were holy, they were perfect, they were relational, they were good. And there was no shame, there was no need to cover up, there was no hiding the truth, there was no vulnerability because they were perfect. There was innocent perfection and acceptance and transparency. And that perfection was shattered. The serpent came and deceived them. God is withholding from you. God is not good. God is controlling. God is overbearing. God is your enemy. You don't need God. Be yourself. Do what you want. And the woman listened and she ate from the tree the fruit of the tree she was commanded not to eat from and she gave some to her husband and he also gladly ate. Chapter 3, verse 7. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. With rebellion against God comes the knowledge of good and evil and therefore shame. There's a sense of vulnerability, uh, fear of exposure. Please don't let anybody see me as I really am. And so I cover up. The story here in Genesis progresses. They hide from each other. <gasps> then they hide from God. <gasps> and then they blame one another. And the world is placed under a curse. The perfection, the purity is gone. The world becomes one of sweat and struggle and pain and conflict and death. We, human beings, become both the glory and the garbage of the universe. Made in the image of God, yet full of self-worship which is ugly. And now we all put so much effort into polishing up the glory, polishing up the image of God as we hide the garbage. What if people really saw me as I really am? 
what would they think? This past week there was a tragedy. Tragic passing of um, Kim Jong-hyun. Kim Jong-hyun, for those who don't know, was a K-pop star, Korean pop star, 27 years old, lead singer of the band Shin E. Hey, if you're in Korea, you're not laughing. He's, a, he's, he's, he's big. He had everything. He had talent. He had good looks. He had style. He had success. He had adulation. He had money. He had the lot. And for poor old Kim Jong-hyun, it was all rapping. And he took his own life because he couldn't face any more. He lived in a world of wrapping paper. And you know, we've got news forms of wrapping paper today. One of the best forms of wrapping paper that we have now is called social media from Facebook or Instagram and we wrap our lives up in this and we look so shiny and glorious but behind it all it's just increasingly alienating people because I don't live in that world or at least I don't live in your world of perfection. We're alienated from others and alienated from God And irrespective of whether we win or lose in this wrapping paper game, it's all vanity. The battle never ends. Makeup, makeup, look at how good I look. Look at how good I look with my makeup. I don't know how many of you spent money at David Jones or DJ's or Chemist Warehouse on makeup this Christmas for somebody. Or money, or gifts, or houses, or cars, or the experiences I've had. Oh, did, have, you, have you been there and you've been there and you've done there? Oh, and, and the awards that we might get or the marks that we might get in our HSC and failing that maybe, maybe at university or maybe somewhere I've got good marks to show what a wonderful person I am and to cover over my emptiness and being satisfied in the way I've been made. Help me feel better about myself. Help me have my place, my sense my person and the more we bury ourselves in our wrapping in our stuff the more constrained we feel the more we have to fight to keep up appearances because you know that makeup works less effectively with every passing year and it ends in desperation when the wrapping falls off and nothing is left but a body If you do not understand the first reading of fall and desperation and sin and loss of innocent nakedness, this image of God in us despoiled, you won't fully understand the second reading, the Christmas reading, a Saviour has been born. Mary and Joseph, they trek on their way down to Bethlehem, which is the city of David, where David came from, and where the promised Messiah would one day be born, we're told, Mary's heavily pregnant, but she has a special child, a very special child. She knows it because an angel appeared to her in chapter 1 and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus, which means God saves 
and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is a special child. Later, Jesus' uncle, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, prophesied about this child to be born, whom his son would prepare for. Chapter 1, verse 76, You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord, before this king, to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine upon those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide our feet in the path of peace. You see, when this child is born, the curse of sin and death will be reversed. The broken will be restored through this king who will be born in Bethlehem, the prince of peace. And when that child is born, chapter 2, from our reading, there's shepherds in the field watching over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is a big deal. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be a great cause for joy for all people today. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And out in the field, the whole heavenly host sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Love comes down. God comes to forgive sin, to fix the broken. Jesus is born fully human like you and me into this broken world yet without sin. Jesus is born without wrapping. Jesus lives his life without wrapping and he is God. And as God he bore rejection at our hands. Crucifixion so that he in his might, perfect body might bear our brokenness and our failure and our imperfection. He is wrapped in our wickedness. In love, he died for us. The plan was never for him to remain in the grave. He was raised by the Father. He was, if you like, unwrapped in glory. The first fruits of the new age of wholeness and fullness and transparency and glory. He is saved into the new creation from sin. Our sin. And God promises to restore all those who, take, who trust in him by faith that they be renewed and restored and made fit for God's eternal kingdom of peace and purity and love. If you will come to Jesus, you will be clothed with his glory, his perfection, which in a sense will leave you transparently purely naked, with no need for shame, no need for hiding. You see, all that we long and hope for, all of our yearnings, all of our insecurities and fears and failures are more than matched by the glory that is in store for us if we will just embrace the glory and love of Jesus.
everything we celebrate at Christmas. Although it remains somewhat broken, and today your Christmas will not be perfect, let's just get our expectations right, but everything we long for at Christmas and hope for at Christmas is realised in Jesus, the reason for the season. He came to fix what was broken and bruised. He came to clean and restore and rescue so that you may have a place of belonging in his family, in his kingdom. Your wrapping paper exchanged for his glorious righteousness. So this Christmas, can I encourage you to take off the wrapping? Leave it at the foot of the cross with Jesus and let him pick it up and let him make you whole. This Christmas, be seen. This Christmas, be seen. As you truly are, loved by God, and this Christmas be restored, forgiven, a new creation in Christ Jesus. One of the hard things about poems is they often are hard to understand on first reading. I often need to go back second, third, fourth time, but the more you read, the more you love it. I reckon this was a ripper little video and a ripper little poem, so just because you missed half of it the first time, we're going to finish by watching it again. This Christmas, be seen. I think wrapping paper might be the answer. I mean, just look at everyone else with their perfect bodies and immaculate style, their clean little coats and their cute little smiles. What hope have I got to ever impress? Compared to them, my life is a mess. But if I was wrapped up, then no one could see the rips and the cracks and the scars.